Rark is right behind the Wallabies. You can get right behind the Wallabies against the Lions at Rebel, your home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. Side of studio. Players are lined up, microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Rock. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational effort! The Rock. It's been 12 years in the making and the Lions are back. Get your tickets at rugby.com.au. Hello, good morning. Welcome to The Rock. Welcome, Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Oh, Pat Tone, how you doing? Oh, Great to be here. Great yeah. to be back in the seat. Yes, exactly. You're back in the seat after another one of those flights from Perth uh, overnight, is that right? Yes, I had the red eye overnight, so mm. I've slept about half an hour, Tony, much like probably yourself with yes. uh, two little kids. But, mm. um, yeah, it's actually, it was a great um, night in Perth. They had a good win, the Western Force, yes. uh, against the Highlanders by about a point. Mm. But <laughs> most importantly, what they did have, they had a world record attempt for the most people in high visibility vests after what, the game. What, so like the bright yellow and bright orange ones? Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. It's a bit like what you get at the Connors Club early in the morning, you know, when you see <laughs> when all the miners, especially in Brisbane, are flying out. But um, <laughs> they don't... Paddle pop sticks, though, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they just missed out on the attempt by about 123 people. So I think it was a couple of thousand people they needed in the middle of the field after the game. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I think they missed out, because there was, there was orange vests, which they were all okay. So people were wearing them into the ground. And then there's a high vis, you know the the, um, the the yellow ones as well. They were wearing those, and yeah. um, when people were coming into the ground with the yellow ones on, the security guards were making them take it off because they were going to look like security guards. <laughs> and they weren't allowed. <laughs> Uh, who, who came up with this marvellous idea? I mean, why is there a world record for high-visibility uh, vests? I mean, well, I th- well, it probably tells a story that the last... Well, the current um, people who hold the record is somewhere in Ireland. So there you go. We love the Irish. Yeah, you're in trouble again. Were the people from the Guinness Book of World Records there? Was it that kind of attempt? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they looked very official too with their folders. But they marched everyone onto the field. Yeah, it was incredible. I just don't understand why these these kinds of records even exist. It's like in the Guinness Book, the people who can, you know, cr- make milk come out their eyes. Mm. What, who started that? Who did the first who one? Who was the first one? Go, yeah, this exactly is right. if, I, if I suck it up through my nose and squeeze hard enough, it'll come out my eyes. <laughs> and somebody's done it. <laughs> and now... But overall, but overall, it was a good game of rugby. Good game of... Hopefully that wasn't the highlight, though, yeah. Tim. No. Let me get you up to date with some scores then uh, for the rugby from round 15 of Super Rugby. Let's go back. Obviously, the uh, Chiefs too good for the Crusaders, 28-19. Uh, the Rebels, 24 over the Waratahs, 22. We'll t- get to that uh, very shortly. And we will speak with Israel Folau later this morning. Disappointing result, obviously, for the Waratahs there. Uh, the Brumbies, though, they beat the Blues, 20-13. to Have they now done enough with the Reds also losing uh, overnight, 20-15 to against the Stormers? Are the Brumbies through? They've got three relatively easy games. Again, we'll get, not easy, but against teams ranked lower than them. Uh, the Force, this was obviously the the highlight of the weekend, uh, the force against the Highlanders last night. No, keep going, mate. That's a- <laughs> that, that was a wooden po- wooden spoon special, that one. Yeah, and they're avoiding it. They beat the, the Highlanders 19-18. Yep. The Cheetahs 34 over the uh, Southern Kings 22. Uh, Stormers, uh, as I said, beat the Reds 20-15. to And the Bulls too good for the Sharks 18-16. It, it was actually quite a tough round to pick, yeah. uh, this one. I, 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 went, I went Crusaders, which uh, obviously went, went down. Um, 
Wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> when you say it was a tough round to pick, I know that Timmy Horan's leading his Timmy yeah, competition. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how you're travelling, but I fear I'm that your meth's second last. Yes. Okay. Can you please let the listeners know your method of choosing teams? My in method? Mm-hmm. Well, I always have to choose the Waratahs. No, so, bang. Bang. There, there's, there's one, a couple of points that you lose every now and then. Yes. Uh, but also, if, if in doubt, I actually think back to sort of 1996 and sort of go with that team. Back then, so I know the Crusaders. Oh, were how well they went back then? How well they went back then? When the Kings didn't actually exist. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. I thought you. I thought you might get one of your four daughters to actually choose. What do you think today? <laughs> Harry? Which yeah. colour do you like, sweetheart? Yeah. You may as well be throwing darts at a dartboard. This is the Rock. It's your Sunday morning rugby show. This is the Rock. The Sunday rugby show. This is the Rock. It's your Sunday rugby show. The Brumbies, 20, beat the Blues, 13. Have they done enough? It seems they're so close. Last year, remember, they fell at that final hurdle. But given what they have ahead of them, uh, the Reds having a loss, the Waratahs losing, you've got to think it's just about their cards have uh, been marked. We will play in the finals, Timmy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, it was a great performance. by they've, they've had some really good wins away from home in New Zealand. They've had a couple of stumbles uh, back at home, one against the Crusaders. But oh, I think they've done enough now. I think that the way, I mean, Nick White, the halfback's playing some really good footy at the moment. Ben Moen, uh, outstanding leadership. And they just look like they're a group that have their feet on the ground. And they've got a, a, a team where um, no one looks like they're getting away from themselves. And, and Jake White has got this group and they re- have developed a really good culture. So... Uh, I just like the way they're playing the game at the moment and going into finals football. And that's um, it's a few weeks away now, but you'd think they'd hold down one of the top three spots. Yeah, they've got the Hurricanes next week, haven't they, at home? And look, obviously with the Wallabies selection, they'll miss a few guys, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, certainly, but it's, the, the draw is good for them. I think they've spoken about it already, about how they need to win the next couple of games before the break comes through. Actually, I thought Ben Moen was great after the game when he got interviewed and he said, uh, you know, how was it in the second half? Because obviously a massive win, rain, yep. the rest of it. And they defended incredibly well. Lily Afano kicked some goals, which put them obviously out in front. And he said, yeah, we revisited some uh, a couple of areas that we need to address out in the field. And I thought, when has a captain been able to readdress a couple of issues on the field, on the run? It's just like, quick, Timmy, make sure you tackle. But I think so Berkey, calm at the moment. That's a thing. But, yeah. but I think in, there's obviously six players left for Robbie Deans and the selectors to pick about the 10th of June, I think it is, to mm. uh, to add to the Wallaby squad that's picked of 25 at the moment. And I would say, especially in the backs, three of those will come from the Brumbers. You'd think that Matt Tamua, yep. um, Jesse Mogg and Nick White, those three players should be added. I just don't think that Robbie Deans and the selectors are going to add Quade Cooper to the extra six players. Mm. It's interesting at the moment, isn't it? And then White on the back of that has been outstanding. Actually, did you see the tackle last night? He got absolutely smoked by Rennie Wouldn't be Ranger. Wouldn't be Rennie Rangerwood again. Oh. <laughs> Just chalk up another one. Is he the toughest bloke to uh, either tackle or get tackled by running around he's, the moment? His knees and elbows when he runs at the ball. He's and, phenomenal. And chest. He's phenomenal. The chiropractor. Yeah, the chiropractor. <laughs> he's inherited <laughs> the name. <isn't laughs> right, so that, obviously the defeat for the Waratahs uh, against the Rebels who just kept pushing, didn't they? It was, you know, you thought the Waratahs might uh, slide past. But Michael Checker has said it, and I think Dave Dennis has said it. Perhaps they got ahead of themselves. Perhaps they started to read their reviews that mm. they were on a bit of a roll, and that taking into a game of such importance was always going to be a, a problem. And Checker spoke about it afterwards that you don't have attitude doesn't have a rest. And I think yeah. that's what happened last week. They or, or sorry, say Friday night. They had a good chance of, and, and with the way that the, the results went over the weekend, they had a good chance to, to leapfrog into into fifth spot. And he's spoken about it's not about. Well, not about making the finals, but it's about winning the games and keeping that consistency going. Um, Beric Barnes went off again. Timmy Cramps. Uh, I thought, I thought that the, the way they, they played wasn't what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. Um, with Barnes on there, I think he kicked the ball a little bit too much for what their liking was. 
I think he's better at, as a, at maybe a reserve player at the moment, having not played a great deal of footy for the time being. And coming on and adding that last 10 or 15 yep. minutes or 20 minutes in the game. Yeah, they've, it's a shame for the Waratahs fans because they were just gaining a bit of momentum over the last three or four weeks and there was a, a glimmer, albeit small, uh, chance to make the final. So even though Michael Checker and the team weren't talking about it, there was that glimmer in two or three weeks' time. So they're going to lose a lot of players going into the British and Irish lines when they play a couple of games without their stars. Well, they had the chance to pinch it at the end too with a kick uh, yep. from Brendan McKibben and went right. But... Um, they're in it to the end there, but they should have. It should have been perhaps you know more one sided. But I mean, the four. Uh, sure, I say the the rebels are outstanding. Yeah, yeah. they pushed and pushed and pushed. How good Scott tries. Higginbotham playing at the moment? Like yeah, he, he, I think Scott Higginbotham and James Horwell should be the first two players picked in the test team yep. uh, for that first test match. Yeah. We're going to talk about that test team uh, in a second, but uh, Quade Cooper obviously missed out, and as you said, you don't think he's going to uh, get the call up in the next six. There's a couple of great, just I haven't seen the, all of that game, the Reds and the Stormers, a couple of good balls mm. here, Gabe. There's also a couple of things that I, I guess Robbie Deans talks about is the turnover of possession, the, thing, the, the pass that's probably not on. Well, I think at the back of that as well, um, he, he, I mean, he has got the ability to, to find a gap, put people through a yeah. gap and, and, and show some good feet. But he defended at 15 again, Timmy, last night. He's in, in, in phase play and thereabouts. And Deans has asked him to stand up and deliver it at number 10. So that was a, the first thing that McKenzie didn't allow him to do so I mean if if you're the the player would you say to the coach your state coach well the, the big bloke wants me to play here so should I play here or not of course you would of course you, I can't believe that you and McKenzie didn't allow Quade Cooper to defend in the front line for him and Robbie Deans the Australian coach has said this is what I'd like you to do if you're going to be any chance of selection for the first test match yep. and once again he's defending at, at uh, 15 so if you go into a test match and you have if Israel Folau gets picked at 15 there's no way that Israel Folau can defend in the front line and Quade Cooper defend at 15 because Correct. Israel would not know how to defend at 10 in that channel. So it's a big concern. Like, yes, he was a bit stronger. He made some good tackles, Quade Cooper. But as Robbie Deans has said, wants you to be more aggressive, take the ball to the line, which he did. Um, but we want you to defend in the front line. And that hasn't happened for the last couple of weeks. He's there occasionally. But when you play a test match, and Berkey, I wrote an article through the week, which I'm sure you read, but I mentioned that about Quade oh, Cooper. You if get you... tickets on yourself, buddy. <laughs> I think it was at the bottom of the fish and chip. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. It's gone already. But what, but what I said was that um, with Quade Cooper in his 38 test matches, have you? can you call out a test match that he's controlled and, and gathered momentum and turned the game? Yeah. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Um, but Super Rugby, you could probably name 20 matches. Oh. So there's a big difference. Hold that thought because when you get to that the Wallaby side and what, where you think it's going to go, how what any any notable apart from Quade uh, Cooper misses, and there is a conspiracy theory about uh, Quade Cooper. I want to talk about that next on the Ruck. This is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. Oh, gets the Ruck thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. All right, that Wallaby squad, as we t- uh, talked about. It has been announced. There are still half a dozen spots to go. Now, obviously, uh, we work out here, right here now, who they will be. But this conspiracy theory, somebody said to me during the week that it was, in fact, not just Quade Cooper and the personal problem uh, that happened between him and Robbie Deans, but it also stems from the personal issue and the coaching issue between uh, Robbie Deans and Ewan McKenzie, that there's some issue that, that why Quade Cooper wasn't selected. Do you think it is just purely, uh, and I know, you, as you said, you wrote about it, Timmy, is it just purely what is happening on the field? No, I think it's a bit of both, Tony. I think, um, and that's in every team environment, whether it's sport or business, you've got to um, be part of the culture and, and actually believe in the culture. And you know, I think Robbie Deans wants to see Quade play a certain way on the field. 
but more importantly, off the field, he wants to see him make sure he's part of the co- the team culture and, and believes in that. So that's a big issue. And um, you know, with six players left to be announced on the tenth of June, I think it is. Uh, I just don't believe that if Quade Cooper's not in the top twenty five rugby players in the world now, mm. uh, sorry, in Australia now, that he's not the next six as well. So it's a it's a big concern, I think. For but Robbie Deans and the selectors have to choose a team that they think is going to beat the the British and Irish Lions. Do you it, think he's in the top 25, Berkey? Well, would you, it, you would have selected him, It I depends know. if he walks depends up. Depends on which, his, which form. Yeah. It depends on whether he walks up with his torch or not to, to the uh, survivor, uh, I suppose, elimination. <laughs> At the moment, he's just a pawn, if that's the case then. I, I did see that the other day as well, that, um, you know, and, and the way uh, Neil McKenzie's spoken about, you know, wanting, wanting to coach the national team, he's made that mm. very clear, and, and there's lots of pressure on the current coach, obviously, Robbie Deans. And I think he's been... Pulled back and forth as to as to where it is, as to where to go. If McKenzie was coach, I think he would have Cooper in there, no doubt, and and, and playing it playing a, a certain role. Um, at the moment, it's number ten. It's it's going to be James O'Connor. So yeah. you just got to hedge your bets and put everything behind him. And Timmy, I'd you play him all three tests. You play you know? him all three tests. Yep. Um, you know, I, I sort of said it, it's like a, a Larkham back in the day when we played. He'd been around for a while. Put him in one spot and stay with him. And then you got to fit someone beside him. Who's going to be, you know, helping out and controlling? Last time when when Bernie came around, Timmy, you're at playing at twelve, and Griggs is at at um, at, at halfback. So, if you're going to go with him, great. But um, I, I think it, it, it's it's becoming a bit of a drama at the moment. That mm. this whole thing about who's going to be chosen, I think he still needs to be there, just for that X factor type number. Um, but again, he's got to fit into the mould of the team, and that's what we're hearing again is about, you know, it's about. Who's bigger than the game? Is he bigger than the game? I don't think so, and he doesn't need to be. Okay. Well, if he's not in this next six, though, he may come in through injuries later in the yeah. camp as well. So, um, But I think you know, the, ne- the next six, you would think that Matty Tamua, Mog, Nick White, um, McMinimum maybe in the forwards as well yeah. from the Western Force. Yep. And then you, know, you spoke about also uh, Luke Burgess, Luke Burgess. You know, coming back, and it, which is literally on a plane now. I think they lost on the weekend, uh, which means he's out of the French competition. But you just got the you just got the idea that from the press conference the other day, the other day when they announced the team, you know he was penciled in. Yeah. Um, you know, if he if he goes to the final, the French stuff, he comes back June two, we'll still have him. So I think he'd be very disgruntled as a as a a homegrown player, mm. knowing that somebody's going to come back and play from overseas. Well, there's no way that they should pick Luke Burgess because the AAU policies, so the Australian Rugby Union policies, if you're playing overseas you are not eligible to play for the Wallabies. And the reason why that's in place is to make sure that players, if there's an opportunity to go overseas, they think, okay, hang on, I can go overseas and pick up another fifty dollars or $100,000, but then I lose the chance to play and put on the gold jersey. Mm. So uh, if Luke Burgess comes back, he hasn't played in the Super Rugby competition. George Smith is different because he's playing yep. currently in the yep. competition on his own, and he's on loan from Japanese rugby. So I just don't think they should go there. There's plenty of other players, and Nick White's been playing the hells down for the Brumbies. Mm. I don't mean to harp on it, the Quade Cooper thing, but he doesn't play. He doesn't get picked for the next six. Robbie Dan stays as coach. Does he go? Does he play? Go, move to rugby league? No, I think he'll stay and play for the Reds. He's contracted for the Reds this year and also next year, so unless he gets a release from that, which I don't think will happen because I think Quade will stay and just see what happens and who will coach the Wallabies, whether it's Robbie Deans gets an extension or there's another coach that comes in, whether it's Ewan McKenzie and, um, or Jake White. I hear there's a, uh, some good mail for Jake White as well. All right, there you go. There you have it. Soon we will chat with Israel Folau, one man who has been selected uh, to wear a gold jersey coming up. That's uh, The Ruck, all thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show.
Yeah, if you're just lifting your head up off the pillow and not aware of what's going on in the world of Super Rugby over the past few days, here are the scores. The Chiefs 28 beat the Crusaders 19. The Rebels 24 over the Waratahs 22. Uh, probably ending the Waratahs' faint hopes of getting in that finals. Uh, the Brumbies 20, though, over the Blues 13. A good win for them. The Western Force getting off the bottom of the table, beating the Highlanders 19-18. The Cheetahs too good for the Southern Kings 34-22. The Stormers beat the Reds 20-15. And the Bulls over the Sharks 18-16. Israel Folau from the Waratahs and uh, soon to be a Wallaby joins us next right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. On the ruck, thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions, official supporter gear. Get out and get it right here, right now. Uh, gentlemen, I don't know if you saw yesterday the uh, Adam Goods, his press conference after what had happened the night before, playing for the Swans against Collingwood, Indigenous round in the AFL, and we all know a very sad moment for uh, the AFL and for Adam Goods. There was the racial slur from a girl, 13-year-old mm. uh, Collingwood fan in the front row, over the boundary. Now, I think in terms of a way to handle what happened, Adam Goods, I mean, I've always believed him to be an amazing human being. Mm. Just a great bloke. Just a great bloke. The way he's handled himself and the concern he exhibited for the girl as well as making a huge statement about uh, not putting up with racism, I I think basically his press conference should be played in schools everywhere. Uh, I I just think it was exemplary. Uh, Just if you aren't aware of it, I know most of you will be already, but we'll just just play you a little bit of Goodsy speaking yesterday. Can I come to the boundary line and to to hear a a 13-year-old girl call me an ape? Um, And it's not the first time on a footy field I've been referred to as a monkey or an ape. It was... It was shattering. You know, racism has no place in our industry, has no place in society, and hopefully any person out there that's been name-called, has been verbally abused, can stand up for themselves after seeing what happened last night. After 20 years, after Nicky Winmar for St Kilda, uh, and he was racially vilified, and mm. he lifted his jersey, that iconic photograph of him pointing to his skin proudly as a, a, a proud Aboriginal man, uh, and then Goodsey, I think on the Friday before that game, he posed with the, the similar photograph. And then for that to happen, I think the great thing out of this is how well he's handled it, mm. how well Collingwood handled it as well, mm. and the AFL. I think Eddie Maguire going immediately into the Swans dressing room, going straight up to Goodsey and talking that through, and then going to the media and saying what he had to say, has in fact made it something that can move forward rather than just rotting. Uh, I think it's probably something positive can come, Tim. Yeah, I think we've got to be very careful as well. I'm not condoning what happened, um, but she is a 13-year-old yep. girl, uh, and and we've all got daughters, um, the three of us and everyone. Well, a lot of listeners would have a 13-year-old, and um, we've got to be very careful. I think Adam uh, had it handled it really well, but I'm not, not condoning what happened, but we've just got to be careful as well. We don't take it too much further. Uh, the girl has called Adam and yep. apologised. He's accepted the, the, the apology, and that, that's move on. The girl will have to get a little bit of counselling going forward. But I think the, the big issue and the big lesson is is because there's a lot of bullying that goes on, um, especially in schools these days, for, for teenagers. So mm. I think that's that's the point. If you're going to do those things, you, you're going to be found out very quickly. So um, I think that's, right. that's the big issue. And looking after her, which is what Adam Good said, because yep. with social media, it can get really difficult for kids her age. I'm sure that's you know uh, rife. They'd be flying around those sorts of messages. And you're right. She's 13. And, you know, she has, a, uh, I think, Eddie Maguire said, Collingwood will look after her as well. She's not, not as if they're banning her from, from mm. going. She needs, you know, to learn. And I'm sure she, she has learnt. 
a, a difficult lesson for her as well. Well, the ignorance is, as you said, Timmy, you, you can't condone that. And maybe that comes down to parental advice at the same time. But it was a, it was a big... Um, it was just such a handled in such a, a very good way, uh, the, the big issue for Badam Goods. I liked how he said, you know, it, it not only offended, obviously, me, my family, it affected me, my family, uh, my Indigenous friends, my non-Indigenous friends. You know, mm. we're embarrassed for that. And, and I think we're, we're at a stage now that, that um, it shouldn't be a part of our game. I mean, it, it's in society, yes, but it should not be a part of it. You should be able to play. Well, it shouldn't be in society either. Absolutely. But, you know, um, Matthew said it, last night about how... Um, we should be able to play now as as one, you know, ba- yep, basically, yep. and I think that's where it comes down to. I mean, the appreciation of, of the skills from from everybody has to be appreciated for what it is, not for the colour of their skin. Yep. Does that mean you can't swear at the referee from Forex Hill anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're fair game. The yeah. <laughs> they're fair game. <laughs> they're a direct line. No, I think the, the the big lesson out of this is what what uh, you know Adam said to the uh, the girl, and and hopefully she can get some counselling going forward. But bullying is the issue outside of the game as well. Absolutely right. This is the ruck, thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. This is the ruck, the Sunday rugby show. On Triple M, this is The Ruck. Thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions, official supporter gear. Matthew Burke, Tim Horan, Tony Squires with you. Let's get you a bit of a sports all-in update. In the NRL, the uh, Seagulls 16 beat the Raiders 10. A bit of a stink in that, wasn't there, Berkey? I think the Seagulls and the Raiders, they don't mind having a little bit of a biff. There was a, a, a camera player called Tilsey, I think it is. and he, and he said Tilts. Yeah, exactly right. He said a few words. He said a few words and then realised it was to Anthony Watmo and then he went, oh, my God, and just tucked under. And it just became a flurry of punches. Yeah, it was, it was excellent. The Roosters. <laughs> the Roosters uh, didn't quite do the storm. The storm back into their winning ways, 26 to 18, over the Roosters at Allianz Stadium. What about this score? The Panthers, 19. The Dragons, now, this is the first time in the proud history of St. George Illawarra and St. George uh, alone that they have been held to zip zero donut nothing at Cogra at Wind Jubilee. Gee, that wouldn't First. have been a pretty lap of honour, would it, nude? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They did have. They had a very, very uh, a good promotion though there, where like the baseball. You know, the baseball. You see people, you know, falling over themselves to catch the ball when it goes into the crowd. Yes. And, you know, plummeting, uh, <laughs> trying to catch it with their men. But every ball that went over the fence into the crowd, they could keep it. Is that right? Yeah. So they, they had calculated that it would be at 40, you know, 40. What, what about occupational health and safety? Would they have to have the high-ris shirts on <laughs> there, right. borrow a couple from Perth? <laughs> well, exactly right. Sadly, there were very few uh, from the Dragons because there was, like, no goal-kicking. They didn't have one shot of goal. They scored yeah, no right. points. I don't want it. I yeah. don't want the Penrith ball. I don't want the yeah. St. George ball. Well, a couple of the passes from Jamie Sauer did go over the fence on the full when they were supposed <laughs> to go to some person. Uh, he plays for Penrith You're next not angry, year. are you? Oh, bitter and <laughs> twisted. The Bulldogs, 24, too good for the Broncos, 14, the West Tigers. Tigers 22 over the North Queensland Cowboys 20. That was a good win for them uh, after having about seven losses on the run. In the AFL, uh, Essendon beaten uh, uh, Richmond 91-62. The uh, Carlton 98 beat the Brisbane Lions 85. The Western Bulldogs got over St Kilda just by nine points. Uh, Greater Western Sydney continue their non-winning ways. West Coast Eagles beat them 155-55. to Port Adelaide again. Gee, they fell in a hole, Port Adelaide. I think it was three or four uh, they got away, three or four wins in a row. Haven't won Just since. Koshy. He's not turning up. Koshy. Yeah, well, Koshy came on the back page with us when they hadn't, hadn't lost and they haven't won since. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a great sign of a, of a, of a president or a Exactly. He was so thrilled. Oh, yes, I'll come on. He's been very quiet since. Geelong 116 beat Port Adelaide 68 and the Swans 102 over Collingwood 55. This is The Ruck on Triple M. This is The Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show.
got in future, we've got things planned for next week because next Sunday. What have we got? Well, the rack's going to be going for an extra hour. Wow. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, has anybody wow. told you? Were you there at the meeting, no. Tim? No, I wasn't. Did you guys vote for it, did you? Yeah, we did, of course. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, I voted for it. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's the Lions Tour. It's a special edition. We've got a series of Lions Tour special mm. edition shows. So what we're going to do is part of them. We're going to create, and again, I hope you boys are informed and have an input here, because I don't want to do all the work myself. We're creating the Ruck's ultimate Wallabies side. Great. All right. Do we have to pull on the boots? No. No, you don't have to actually play. Great. What, you're getting ahead of yourself. No, you no, no, actually no. In the team. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> really. Captain, uh, coach, selector. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to start with the front row, uh, the most attractive section of any mm. um, rugby side uh, of the Ultimate Wallabies team. Now we'll also have uh, plenty of special guests in the studio and on the phone, reliving some of the memorable moments from previous lines too. And as you know, it happens only every 12 years. So those people have been fortunate enough to be involved in uh, any of those matches. Have got plenty of sensational memories. Which How many, we will... Has Marta called up yet to maybe have a chat? Look, 15, 20 times he's called. That's all? <laughs> Is that all? Yeah, all right. <laughs> you're keen. So that's the next six weeks. You get twice as much from your Sunday morning rugby show. Speaking of those lines, okay, we've, we've, we've got this side, the Wallabies side that uh, extended that has been picked. How many captains are in there? Who Do we know yet who is going to be leading the Wallabies when they run out in that first test? Well, I think James Horwell, Berkey, yeah. sh- should be captain and will be announced as captain. Um, he's obviously got a good vice-captain in Will Genny who does a lot of the talking on the field when the players run out, but um, the big decisions will come down to James Horwell uh, when he's announced as captain on the field to whether it's go for touch and, and try, you know, to score a try or take the correct penalty at the right time because against the British and Irish Lions, you've got to be able to build pressure. But, Berkey, there's, there's a lot of captains that have been selected, so it just depends on who will be in that test team for oh, the leadership group. That's exactly right. And, and plenty, as you mentioned, uh, Horwell obviously captaining Queensland, Moen, Dennis, Higginbotham, they're all uh, there or thereabouts. Uh, near or close enough to the referee at the same time to have a chat. And, and um, they, they get quite quite pestering sometimes, if that's mm. the word. They love just chatting a little, just what, offer a... A little bit George Grigan. Their, their opinions, exactly <laughs> right. They offer their opinions at the same time. And um, I, I thought it was great last night when... Oh, sorry, Friday night when Higginbotham, Cliffy Parlow kicked the ball away and Higginbotham turned around and the ref's head camera was literally riding his face. And, mm-hmm. and, and the words were absolutely outstanding. So, I mean, that's a great great part of the game that we don't see when yeah. you're sitting on the sideline. Yeah. Um, but you're right though, Timmy, uh, it's about when to kick the goal, when to, to go for touch. With it, when Eelsie was captain, um, he used to get a penalty, I used to run up there and say, hey, Eelsie, well, I used to say, give it to me, but I would point to touch and uh-huh. say, let's go for goal. And the crowd would go, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're attacking Robbie. And Eelsie would go, yeah, we'll go for, we'll go for goal, please. And then we'll go, boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that Perky's an attacking player. Yeah. <laughs> All about perception. perception. Yeah. Exactly. For people who haven't seen uh, the lines, it, can you draw a through line in terms of what style they will play? Or obviously, the, you know, Wales winning the Five Nations, dominating a bit, the numbers here. Does that dictate what style of football this team will play? Well, traditionally, they've been a forward-orientated um, team with, with also some strong running centres, and they'll have two Lange in the centres, and probably um, you probably have Brian O'Driscoll if he plays some good form. So you'll have big, strong running centres. It'll be a bit of a different British and Irish Lions team that comes out because traditionally, especially in 2001, forward-orientated, had some good back three but didn't use them as much as probably what they should have um, with Johnny Wilkinson at 10. So I think um, this Lions team, Berkey, will play a, a more expansive game, and that's how they want to play. They want to try and score tries. The Welsh were, were brilliant at doing that through Six Nations. So I think it's going to be a wonderful series, and um, we've got a, I did a promotion um, at Fox Sports a little while ago called Get Rid of Red, if you yeah. search that on YouTube. and it's, it's about Your making acting sh- is really good, actually. Yeah, you like that. I had too yeah. many words, I think, though. You were the, you were the guy in the koala suit? <laughs> that's no, it, yeah. The other one. But it's about get, making sure that when we go and support 
the Wallabies, uh, or if you support the British and Irish Lions, but if you, when you go and support the Wallabies all around the country, whether it's in, you know, at the Western Force in June 5th or anywhere around Newcastle, it makes sure we wear gold, green and gold, yeah. because in that first test match, yeah. Berkey, you'd remember, you were on the field and you would have looked up and seen a sea of red mm. at the Gabba in Brisbane for that first test match, and that then really turned Australians to go and support the Wallabies, wear gold. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is the ruck, thanks to Rebel. That's where you can get this gear, get your gold gear. It's home of the British and Irish Lions official supporter gear, but get your gold Wallaby gear there as well. Uh, we'll come back soon and wrap it all up for you. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Triple M's The Ruck. Sadly, this is where we wrap it up for you. Look, and apologies because we did say earlier in the show that Israel Flair was going to join us. Uh, sadly, we couldn't get through. I think he may have had to do a little bit of extra training. He's training too hard. Yeah, they just can't, don't give any time <laughs> off at all. If that is having a meeting with Robbie Dean somewhere. just doing. We'll get him next week. We will get him next week. Indeed. We'll, and speaking of next week, what is happening in the world of rugby? Well, for the Australian teams, uh, the Crusaders play the Waratahs at 5.35 on Friday night. So Waratahs fans, get out there and support them at the Sydney Football Stadium. Yep. The Crusaders, a wonderful team, probably the best team in the competition to watch for running rugby against the Tars Friday night. And then the same night, the Brumbies will host the Hurricanes at 7.40 down in Canberra. So it'll yep. be a cold night in Canberra for yeah. the, the Hurricanians. And then the Reds will host the Rebels on Saturday night in Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium. So good opportunity for all three teams there. And the Force have the bye. Would we call them Hurricanians? You can. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Wellatonians. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. All just, right. just a quick one, Timmy. I think the Crusaders are playing at home. They're playing Amy Stadium or AMI Stadium. So they can go it's to the... Christchurch, yeah. They, 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 well, they can go to the uh, SFS. Yeah, get, get, get on the plane. Get on the plane and, yeah, support them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Love you'd it. have to be keen, wouldn't you? <laughs> Sadly, uh, that is where we leave you. Get out and enjoy your footy, and we'll catch you up again next week for our special two-hour version of The Ruck, right here on Triple M. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show.